Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio presents... Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. I'm really digging this spooky music. We've had it for the last few episodes. I like it. It's cool. I'm a fan. Like, that's one of my favorite parts about these games is like the, the spoopy stuff. Welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. I'm your host, Tom, or Robots, and I am here with my co-host, Lotus of Doom, the most doomed of lotuses. It's and true. It, it's, it's true. How are you doing, Lotus? How are things? I'm, I'm, I'm less doomed, actually. I'm, I'm less doomed than normal, so. <laughs> that's because you completed Arena recently. I did. Yes, I managed to finally complete Arena yesterday on a surprisingly short stream. So after months and hours of getting destroyed, I managed to beat Jaeger Tharn and it was great. That is awesome. Saved Uriel Septim the Seventh, which when we had that episode talking about kind of like little weirdnesses about Arena, Mm -hmm. um, that is a typo. It is not Uriel Septim the Fourth. It absolutely is the Seventh because he's mentioned more than the Fourth. It's an, and yep. it's in a, so like a static image. They so easily could have just typo. edited it in like whatever photo program they were using back in the mid nineties, and then re you know reattached it to the game. Like yep. <laughs> that's not a huge problem. That's not like a weird little thing that's stuck in some dialogue fifty hours into the game. You know, nope, nope. Very confusing. No, very confusing. <laughs> well, uh, we were talking about a different uh, ruling figure in the lands of Tamriel today. This is part of our year three adventure. This is our uh, official. Is this our official first episode of the year? Is that how this worked? I, I don't think know. So. I think yeah, it might I be. Think this is the first one. I, yeah, because the last one was on New Year's Eve, so that doesn't mm-hmm. count. Yeah, it doesn't count. So, I mean, yeah. it came out during this year, but it was recorded before the year. Um, but welcome. <laughs> welcome to year three. Holy crap. Year three of the Elder Scrolls lore cast. And this year we are kicking this off with some more character story lore segments i I guess you could say and to start this off we're going to be diving into the lore behind yorin the scald king and we'll be taking a look at some of the different leaders in elder scrolls online and maybe even some of the other characters in elder scrolls online because we have so much information about these people and you come across them in the games but oftentimes you don't take the time to read the book about them or whatever and there's a Mm -hmm. lot there's a lot there to know so that's where we're we're diving in today and I, uh, I subtitled this, You're in the Scald King, Badass, Badass, Badass Bard King. He is, he is <laughs> by my definition, a badass Bard King after digging into the uh, research about this. I also was a little bit uh, confused at first because, Lotus, do you know what the word Scald means? Have you ever heard the word Scald before? So... I've heard it, but honestly, prior to its relation to Elder Scrolls on whole, 
I had never really heard it in context of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like scald, like uh, like some like scalding water. What does that mean? How did what is this? Uh, oh, right. I was like, <laughs> yeah, all right. That's I, a, yeah. I, I was like, I, I don't understand. Like, it, how does this word make any sense? Um, it turns out scald is from ancient Scandinavia, and it means a composer or reciter of poems honoring heroes and their deeds. Hmm. Now that makes a whole lot more sense because as we're about to learn, Yorin was a, was a bard. That was his trade. Right. And maybe that's something to do with his voice and the way he says the sing songy things when he talks. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but here, let's let's just dig into it. So where did he come from? So of course he came from he, he was birthed, right, as most human beings or I guess Nords are in this case. Yeah, um, I, I would assume most Nords would <laughs> come into creation like that. Yeah. Yes, that's usually how people are brought into the world. Uh, he was born to Queen Mabjarn. Mabjarn? Maybe? I always said a, Mabjarn, yeah. Yeah, it's with I a J. I, I feel like they do say it in-game, um, but mm-hmm. I, I don't specifically remember i i think mab yarn is fine yeah mab yarn she's uh Ma- queen mab yarn flame hair so i'm assuming that we know what color her hair is probably mm-hmm. red uh <laughs> and most of this information i'm about to get into actually comes from the book yorin the scald king and before we get into the details of this because i kind of i kind of jumped the gun with the queen part there we have to keep in mind that the books in the games are written from the perspectives of specific authors and the perspective of an author is going to color the information in that book just like in the real world we've talked about this before unreliable narrators and all that well this book is written about a king of the nords from the perspective of another nord who was probably commissioned to write the book and and you see where this is going so this isn't Mm. necessarily going to be the hard and fast truth of everything it's going to be a perception of a thing by somebody with a very specific perspective so let's get into it so she queen mabjarn let's let's get into her a little bit queen mabjarn was the queen of eastern skyrim who ruled windhelm she was one of the wearers of the crown of Freydis. The crown of Freydis is one of two crowns that up until this time had been worn by rulers in Skyrim. This was the second. The first one, there's a whole history around it. It was set aside. They were using the second crown. And this also goes to show that she was the actual ruler. So go go Nords for being pro-feminist here. Congratulations. Yep. You know, ladies leading and ruling. She had three children. Uh, the first child was Princess Nernhild, her eldest and presumed heir, because in the Nordic tradition, women could be rulers, just like she was. And then Joran, the Scald Prince, and Fildgor. <laughs> Why would you name your son Fildgor? Fildgor, the Strong Prince. <laughs> There's many questions with the naming conventions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love these. And Mabjarn and Nernhild were killed by the Akavari invaders in Windhelm, though they reportedly went down fighting. So in Nordic tradition, even the women fight until the bitter end. They're not there's no pushover women, you know. Yeah, they're they're essentially shield maidens of Vikings. Yes. Like they're just the equivalent of the gender does not matter to their fighting style. It's just, yep, you're a Nord. Get out there and fight. <laughs> you have an much- arm. You can wield a blade. Go yeah. fight. Yes, exactly. Right. 
So uh, as you as you're going to find out, Yoren then leads the Nords into avenging their deaths. So let's talk about his early life. Early life, he didn't expect to be king. He was the second born into the family. He, like many second borns, he had to find his own way. Right? He had to come up with what kind of thing he can do to make his way in the world and be popular and successful and all of that without necessarily assuming that he's going to become king. But then eventually he had to learn to fight the hard way. So according to the book, it says Yoren grew up believing their elder sister, Nernhild, was fated to take the throne and as such became a singer and did quite a bit of traveling. He showed a rare talent as a singer, highly prized among the Nords, and was eventually dubbed the Scald King for his singing and poetry of Skyrim. Or the Scald Prince of Skyrim was his first title. However, his mother and sister were killed in an Akaviri invasion, and this connects back through to some of the events happening just before the time of the Elder Scrolls Online, in that they, the Akaviri invaders were fought back and removed from Tamriel. And this happened just before the events of Elder Scrolls Online. There's lots of quests about these events, it, about pushing these Akaviris back, and then there's even Akaviri spirits right. and things all over the place. Lotus? Yeah. All, all this, uh, you know, was kind of the basis for around how the uh, Ebonheart Pack formation even comes about, like their their side in this war is related to this Akaviri invasion. So it's it's directly like goes into the game that has him and starts ESO for those of you who actually play Elder Scrolls Online. This is pretty much the end of his line or i guess his superiors i guess in the family yeah like, yeah the uh the, the, they, right yes yeah as they as they're eliminated in battle elder scrolls online starts and he comes into power pretty much mm -hmm. yeah yeah and akaviri these were foreign invaders they they were not from yeah. tamrio they were from uh, the continent over to the east so uh, they were pushed back out of Tamriel. He led the Norse to victory against the invaders and took a new life as High King of Eastern Skyrim. So Yorn was in Riften when the Akaviri of Dur Kamal assaulted the northeast coast of Skyrim in the second era of five, uh, 572. Yorn and his closest comrades, the Pack of Bards. Can you imagine being part of a group called the Pack of Bards? We are the Pack of Bards. We sing and walk all day. You know, they're probably like, they're probably like uh, Sir <laughs> Sir Robin's uh, minstrel from oh, Monty Lord. Python. Yeah, very threatening. Very, very threatening. Well, in this case, they actually were because they fought their way up to the coast of Windhelm, arriving just in time to see its gates breached by the Akaviri. Urin hurled himself into the fray, but was unable to prevent the fall of the city and the slaying of his mother and sister, who both went down fighting. Can you imagine? I, one of the things I love doing when I when I take a look at the lore is putting myself in the position of the people in the games and the people the stories are about. Can you imagine like the the impetus to do this and we're going to talk about this a little bit more in in, in a little bit but <laughs> Yorin was not necessarily a trained warrior the same way some of these other people were i mean i'm sure they're all given swords and they're all taught how to wield an axe and how to how to use them and things but at the same time he spent most of his time as a bard he was somebody who wanted a kinder simpler life and he comes to find out that the Akaviri are invading and assaulting Windhelm, where his mother and his older sister are, and he gets to the gates and tries to bust into the city in order to save them and protect them, and then fails. That's gotta that's gotta hold some weight 
that's the kind of thing that affects your personality changes the, yeah. the path of your life not just the events that happen to you know his his mother and his sister dying but the fact that like he was there he was this close and had they had more forces available may have been able to save her in that situation yeah exactly it's it's a tough it's a tough tough situation so um so some things change here with with Yorin's perspective on this and and what he decides to do so he was wounded from this conflict and clearly devastated from the death of his his loved ones and was barely able to escape alive they were they were overwhelmed over overwhelmed by the akaviri invaders one legend says he decided to appeal to the graybeards of high hrothgar for aid now remember these are legends but this may or may not have happened they taught him a shout to summon a hero from Sovereign Guard. How cool is this? This ties into our experience from uh, playing the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, right? That's a yeah. That's a pretty good shout. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a powerful shout. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if do we know do we do you remember if we summon anything from Sovereign Guard specifically? <sighs> I know we can summon like ghost creatures and stuff. Well, actually, um, you can eventually. I came from the expansion dawn guard i believe but you could summon was it dunavir after this uh after you're in the the uh uh-huh. soul karen yeah okay yeah yeah you that's can, coming back you to can me summon, yeah you you can summon i think his name was dunavir <clears throat> but you can summon that dragon and um there is i don't believe it's a shout i think it might be the um racial like one of the racial skills for Nords. Mm-hmm. But I think you can summon an ancestor like Ghost as well. Or maybe that's Dunmer. I don't know if that's I don't know. Nords. I'm, I, yeah, that actually might be Dunmer. I might, I might be mistaken. But either way, I don't think that was a shout. But I assume just from other games. Okay, that is Dunmer. All right, that's yeah. what, okay. Fragile, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fragile so, says that, that's Dunmer. I didn't think that's that was why, Nord. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. So, yeah, in that case, I would assume that it's just like instead of that being a rate you know a, a racial bonus you can just i don't know scream and somebody pops up to hang out with you but <laughs> yeah having the dragon version would be pretty impressive i i, I would be yeah be well, a big fan of that yeah but summoning a hero from sovereign guard is still still not bad still good you know still good. undead hero warrior coming to fight by your side is pretty cool yeah it's not like he's gonna ever run away in fear he's already then in sovereign guard worst case scenario he goes back (laughs) right right oh i gotta go back home see you later um (laughs) yeah i I need to i need so i've been playing the uh naked wizard playthrough on skyrim vr (laughs) and i hope you guys have been enjoying the the playthroughs i've been releasing them on the podcast feed um but i'm gonna have to look for this to see what i can find when it comes to shouts and things that you can get because i didn't discover all of them that wasn't ever something i accomplished in Skyrim um maybe that should be my next goal after I beat the game uh all right so let's let's get to it so he was able to use the shout to summon Wolfharth the Ash King to fight by his side now claiming the title Scald King because of course he was the last in or he was the next in line to take the crown another account credits Amalexia with summoning the Ash King so it seems like being that there are two different accounts of the Ash King being summoned that maybe we can at least believe that that part is true and that the different accounts came up from different people with different perspectives as to how that happened. So sometimes that's how this stuff comes about in, in the stories. Regardless, Wolfharth and Yorin 
rallied the Nords of Eastern Skyrim, mustering an army from the Rift and the outer regions of Eastmarch, which heavily fortified Riften. Durkamal was convinced to bypass the city and march on Mornhold, assuming that the, the Nords would be glad to see him go. So this is where the mistake was made. That choice was fatal. Yorin and Wolfharth led their army in pursuit of the Akaviri force and a Nordic army entered Morrowind for the first time since the Battle of Red Mountain. So this was a historic moment. The Nords had not returned to Morrowind since the Battle of Red Mountain, which was the most historic event in that part of the world since forever, basically. Mm -hmm. The Akaviri army was caught in Stonefalls between the Nords and a Dunmer Legion led by Amalexia. Aided by the surprise intervention of a phalanx of Argonian shellbacks led by a trio of battle mages, the coalition broke the Akaviri line and drove them into the sea where they drowned by the thousands and death by water. <laughs> that sucks. Can you imagine having all the armor and stuff on you? That's yeah, that's going to be a rough way to go. It's like, oh, if I only wasn't so well prepared, you just sink. To I'm bottom. too prepared. <laughs> I didn't expect to fight Tidewater. Yep. Talk about your all time biggest back backfires on that one. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's a, tactically a very smart thing to do. You come across a bunch of well armed people, you know, soldiers, and we've seen the uh, the Akaviri battle armor. You know, it's it's made of it's hefty stuff and you yeah, drive them into cool the sea and they can't get out of the sea because you've just pushed them back in. They all drown. Um, they, yeah, they plus, also, plus you wouldn't want to be giving up all that cool armor because it, it's got a really neat look to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> if I'm going to die, I'm going to die in my cool armor. I'm taking it with me. <laughs> I'm taking it with me. My bloated, swollen body and all. <laughs> <laughs> so the Ash King, his purpose fulfilled, returned to Sovereign Guard in Windhelm. Three weeks later, Yorin was crowned High King in the throne room of the Palace of Kings. And thus we get the history of Yorin the Scald King. So this is a lot of stuff I, I wasn't really aware of until I really started digging into this. I mean, little pieces of it make sense from the things that I played in game, but I didn't pay enough attention to that stuff, it seems, because this is really pretty freaking cool. Yes. Um, also, just because of my sort of OCD uh, making sure that things are at least as correct as I can make them. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Make me very uncomfortable if it's not. Um, so summoning Dunavir is a shout from Skyrim. We were discussing what the potentials were. Mm -hmm. And apparently there was also a version where you didn't summon somebody from Sovereign Guard, but there is one called Phantom Form, um, which is used by the Greybeards to on a, uh, a spectral clone of themselves. However, it was removed from the game, apparently. Like, you you, you can't oh. get it. it. It can only be done by the Greybeards. Oh, so, wow. Yep, so this is a unique spell, or a unique shout, theoretically, uh, that Yorin would have that we did not have in Skyrim. Mm -hmm. I like that there's debate. You know, like, well, it wasn't a shout, it was Almalexia. Would Almalexia have the power to summon a Nord from Sovereign Guard? How does that make sense? I don't know. That seems out <laughs> of her realm, that, you know? Yeah, that seems unlikely. Um, I, I don't know. The Tribunal has some interesting powers, but... It would make more sense if it was a Dunmer, 
like to bring a Dunmer yes. hero back and send him to Urin's side in order to combine sure. their armies and you know like that would make sense but right 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 but yeah I can't imagine it was somehow her it, it must have just been something that yeah it must it have just been a shout that I, I don't know seems like a good shout seems like a very good shout some Dunmer later was like yeah we have to take credit for that <laughs> this is what happened <laughs> yeah perfect perfect all right. Well, we're going to take a break. We're going to go to the middle of the show, and we will be back for the second half of this episode where we will talk about our perspectives of what it would be like to be in this situation ourselves. So hold on. We'll be right back. The skies are marked with numberless sparks, each a fire, and every one a sign. All right. Welcome to the middle of the show, and thank you very, 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 how many times can I say very much for our patrons you guys are the absolute best thank you for being part of this and supporting the show and if you haven't already checked out the patreon go check it out you can get ad free episodes you can get episodes a day early you can get all sorts of great stuff just with a few bucks a month in order to help support the show and that also helps us keep doing the show which is absolutely um, crucial <laughs> to be honest because this is how I make my living now and I'm still trying to you know replace all the income that i normally would have through a full-time job but i'm getting closer and closer and our patrons help make that possible every single month so thank you very very much also i need to call out uh our tier five patron noodle al dente i'm going to be doing this in the middle of the episodes now instead of the end but he is a tier five patron which means he's a daedric prince of some sort and he has the power to be called out on every single episode so thank you noodle al dente you are amazing and thank you to all of our other patrons and if you would like to join us at the end of this month then you just have to sign up as a tier four patron you can do it one time or you can do it multiple times and come join us and talk about whatever lore is out there i know we got some heat from our uh, faction <laughs> conversation because some of our patrons who are tier four patrons couldn't make it and they were not part of the uh, same club that we are I guess it's true they seem to think that the Daggerfall Covenant is better for some reason that's strange well we might have to have a debate well, this we month gave, we gave them credit as the silver medal of Tamriel I mean what more do they want we did we did um, I don't know maybe they'll have to defend themselves at the end of this month uh, so yeah We'll see how that goes. But thank you again to all of our patrons. You guys are amazing. Are you an avid player of the Elder Scrolls Online and looking to take your game to that next level? Well, the Red Diamond Courier Podcast is here to help. I'm Bob Chichinsky. And I'm Dogbark24. We are two experienced players aiming to help others learn and improve through in-game knowledge and references. From PvE to PvP and everything in between. There's sure to be something for you in the Red Diamond Courier. We, we hope, hope you check, check us, us out. out. Thanks. Yes, yes, you're entirely brilliant. Conquering madness and all that. Blah, 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 blah. Sheogorth doesn't seem to be as impressed as I am. Um, <laughs> Lotus, uh, let's, let's talk about... So, my perspective here shifts, having known this background for you're in the scald king because mm -hmm. he seems so aloof in the game he seems so like <clears throat> eh, we talked about it uh, a week or two ago it just seems like oh yeah this is, do my thing do I and mean, he's he's a nord but he he seems more like the drinking buddy kind of nord and less of the like 
we must band together and destroy the enemy kind of Nord. Yeah, it's charge into battle and blah, 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 blah. So I will agree with that. He he almost seems like he's the odd one out in the family when you look at the dynamic of the other ones. His mother, his sister, and his brother all seemed much more gung-ho into like, all right, let's do this. It's wartime. And he... <laughs> Was like I want to sing songs. <laughs> School. It <laughs> brings me back to Monty Python again with the gay prince who's just I just want to sing, oh. and his father's like, no, nope, none of that. that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's so. He just seems like the mellow one in the family yeah. comparatively, and leadership was kind of just thrown in his lap more than like he's an ambitious person who is aiming to like okay i want to lead i want to do this it's like no it's just your family was eliminated in ta-da here you go deal with this and on the flip side he is obviously a capable fighter i mean at the battle of windhelm and you know he, he's not like afraid to go into combat but it's not obviously what his goals are as well as throughout elder scrolls online he is the other two leaders want their position mm -hmm. he wants the pact to basically solidify like their freedoms from everybody else and kind of stop the issues there but it's much less about like i want to lead you guys or do any of that it's more of yeah i'm gonna do this until we're done and that's fine and right, right it goes further uh without you know we're not going to dip into spoilers because it's the most recent expansion but in Markarth, um, you can interact with Yorin even more. Uh, you could in Greymore, but it's even more so yeah. in, in points in Markarth. And it's very apparent that he is much more concerned about helping the faction than furthering his claim to anything whatsoever. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which is a very different leadership quality than you would you tend to see at least otherwise. So he, he's definitely got a very unique stance, which I think stems from his background. Like you said, it's like he wasn't bred to be a fighter or any of this. It was kind of just, this is what I need to do. And now I'm stuck with this leadership role because there's no one else that can do it. Yeah. It's, it, it's kind of like the saying that the, uh, the people who we least want to lead are the ones who want it the most, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, because he's not he's not by any means a bad leader he's not a lazy no. leader he steps up and does what he needs to do when he does when he needs to yep. you know and he, he starts his leadership in exactly that same way well my mother right. and my my sister were killed i was almost killed but i'm gonna i'm gonna heal back up i'm gonna form an army and we're gonna go kick these guys asses into the sea and then i'm gonna go back to back to my kingdom and let everyone chill out for a while you know like yeah it seems like like he vow his it comes down to the things you value when you value power when you value control those are the leaders you have to be worried about because they're going to exploit right. everybody underneath them and everybody in their way to get that power somebody yes. like Yorin, he wants to live a joyful happy life doing the things that he loves like it i get the the perspective that if he had spent till the end of his days as part of this pack of bards singing and performing and drinking and, yep. you know, carousing with the other with the locals and right. and doing his thing, he would have been totally fine. That was the life he wanted. 
but mm-hmm. but he couldn't get that so um so now he has to step up and do the thing and, and this so easily could turn into the perspective the, the story that we get so many times of the leader who doesn't want to be a leader who's just a lazy ass you know <laughs> and yeah just can't step up to it but that's not Yorin. Yorin, he's very capable he's able to do what he needs to when he needs to but for the most part he'd rather just not exactly it's it's more of a responsibility than an ambition so right it's i I don't know it's one of the things that i had mentioned on our uh alliance episode where where we did that that that's one of the things i liked about him is that it's like yep no he'll do what needs to be done but at the same time he's not looking for new fights to start it's just Yep, gotta just kind of manage what I'm managing and keep things in check as best as it's possible. I, I like that uh, perspective that he has. And, you know, it's, it seems like the intention there is to, even in the cases of, you know, some of the Dunmer slash uh, Argonian conflicts, the idea is to eventually fix everything. But again, you gotta pick your battles to start with. And when you're getting attacked by two invaders, you know, with the Daggerfall Covenant and the Eldmary Dominion with the Three Banners War, you can tell that that the the whole slavery issue and stuff like that has kind of been bumped to the back burner. Mm-hmm. But he actually has some dialogue that you can find in game where you can. He kind of hints at the fact that it's like, yeah, no, we need to deal with this too, but we need to like be alive first in order to deal with that. Because if we all get killed by one of the invaders. It doesn't matter if we had slavery because we're dead. <laughs> right. So, right. Priorities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at the so it's like I said, it's it's just a very interesting dynamic when you think of a king that it's just like, oh, you're not doing this because you want it necessarily, and you're not just inheriting it and then resting on your laurels of like, hey, whatever, I'm I'm the king. This is what I was born to do. I'm just going to do it. And by yeah. do it, I mean, I'm just going to laze around and make you people do everything. Right. Right. You know, it's, I, I think there's something to be said about somebody who, who's has to, for responsibility reasons, do things that naturally fall against their nature, but are able to do so and follow through with it. I think that there mm-hmm. is, there's, uh, there's honor in that. I don't know if that's the right phrase, but there is, uh, it's respectable because I mean, it kind of it's kind of like the Parthenax thing of like, like fighting against your urges, your natural urges in order to do something better with yourself. It's not to yep. the same scale as something like Parthenax going from evil dragon to savior <laughs> of humans, you know, uh, but but there's I think like talking real world situation like I can I can resonate with this from my perspective in that almost every job that I've ever had, I felt like I've had to put on. A costume and be somebody I genuinely am not or I wouldn't choose to be other than the fact that I get paid to do that thing Does it make sense, right? And so you kind of every morning got to get up You got to pull yourself up from your own bootstraps. You got to get dressed You got to put on your outfit got to put on your smiley face and you got to go do your job and This is this is crappy jobs that paid nothing and this is really good jobs that paid really well and every job in between But I never quite felt like I was being myself right and yet yep. you do that because it's your responsibility. You do that because you have to provide for your family or your kingdom or whatever. And at the end of the day, you get to go back and do the things that you want to enjoy, but because you took care of the things you needed to do. And there's something very honorable about that. There's like, it is a burden. It is a responsibility, but you keep doing it even though you need to. 
Have you ever felt like that? Or do you feel like you fit your job? Um, in my specific situation, it's kind of weird because I run my own business. Right. So, so does that feel more naturally part of you because you run it, your own it, business? It's kind of funny. I mean, if I've I, luckily I've never run into a situation like being morally opposed to somebody like wanting to like, I don't know. I, I don't know how you morally oppose what I do, but like, <laughs> um, uh, but like in a situation I I've, I will work, I guess the best way I can explain this is kind of hard to like word, I guess, but like when I've had anybody working for me that does a terrible job at what they're doing, which is not common, but it it's definitely happened. Mm-hmm. I have had situations where I'm like, okay, they're working for me. This is a reflection of me. I need to kind of make this better because right. it's on me as it was my choice to hire this person to help me type of right i am ultimately I mean? responsible for this yeah, yeah so there have been situations like that where i've been like oh god okay i need to go out of my way to specifically do this to make this better even when it's a situation i'm like well why are we in this mess to begin with but i need yeah. <laughs> now i need to fix it um more often than not that's not really a thing but i guess yeah i guess I could relate to that in the way that it's like, yeah, sometimes I kind of do need to do that, but I also try to run it so that, you know, mm-hmm. I get done and paid <laughs> what I need mm-hmm. to live and minimize the amount of problems and make, you know, my clientele happy and everything like that. But yeah, I guess actually when you've got management of others under your belt, it's, it's, it is sometimes required that it's like, okay, I need to either apologize for something that I didn't even do, or I need to fix something that I didn't, screw up to begin with it's, it's a lot easier when you make a mistake and it's like oh i need to fix this right because right. i screwed this up it's awkward to need to fix something somebody else did that then it's a and very it's frustrating feeling and it's like ah, it is now i got to do this other yeah. thing i didn't even want to have to do <laughs> right. I, I heard you to do it the first time now i still have to do it i'm double paying for you basically yeah, yeah. so it's a, it's definitely a mixed bag but then you also get you know from the point of royalty not that owning your business is a royalty but it has to um, do with leadership and ownership of the thing sure you you get the benefit of you know i if the schedule doesn't work for me well well, i'm not going to fire myself you know what i mean (laughs) right there you do get perks to go along with the hassles so the idea i assume when it comes to like kingdoms and stuff like that is like okay yes they're treated incredibly well and in in terms of this you have like servants doing stuff for you and all these things and you live in a castle and that's supposed to kind of balance out the amount of problematic things you have to deal with and, and the think, responsibility of it all right yeah. and when you have a balance i think that means you're leading well if it's very heavily tilted in you know your taking as much from the kingdom as possible you're oppressing everybody so that you can have more wealth and that you've got Mm -hmm. all these servants and slaves or whatever horrible things you're doing and then it's the scales are tilted way too much toward you know you've you've got a maniacal ruler right and if i mean in the other situation i mean how well can you do your job if you're like oh well i can't have any luxuries for myself i'm gonna live like a peasant and it's like okay well it's gonna be kind of hard to like conduct all this stuff <laughs> if you're sleeping out in the pens with piggies and stuff like that it's yeah like, that's and the respect not gonna be <laughs> yeah the respect of other rulers and, and the people underneath it, you is exactly is hard to hold it's reaching that balance i think yeah. that's important so do you do you identify with urine of all of all the rulers that 
Well, it's, it's kind of funny now, now you say it. I mean, I guess maybe that's why I like Devin Hart Pack so much is just like I I like his. I wouldn't consider myself overly ambitious. I like to do enough of something that it's like, okay, this worked out how I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I'm not one of those people who's constantly striving for like, no, I need to be more than this and more than this and what. So maybe I just like may, maybe I do re- relate to the idea of your and yeah enough that that's that's why i like the Ebenhart pact and that's why i'm like yeah you're in a goof and he usually seems like he's drunk but it's like i don't know it seems <laughs> like he's pretty much like on point and good for the job yeah 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 i that makes sense yeah i i think i i mean i still think he's a good ruler i think he's he's yeah he is he's a good guy like and when it comes to rulers they come in certain kinds of flavors and i think that that's, that might be about as good as it gets most of the time so, you know, what else are you going to ask for for that? Yeah, but, I like the end result that the pact is going for, but where one of the other things we had mentioned was most likely um, if the Ebonheart Pact were to just win the Three Banners War. Okay, that's it. We, we win the Three Banners War. Like, it's over. The other two sides are hypothetically eliminated. Mm-hmm. And Emperor Yorin? There is no way I think he would, like, he'd just be like, yeah, okay, I don't... <laughs> I'm emperor in name. Leave me alone. Like right, everybody right. just stay peaceful and stop killing and enslaving each other. And we'll all be fine. Like, because you can tell that would not be his end goal. And the Ebonheart pact, it wouldn't be the idea of like, well, now the Ebonheart pact rules. It's like, well, it seems actually more likely that now that it is completed and things are, you know, okay, there's no more three banners war. It actually seems like it would be like, okay, well, no need for the Evan Hart Pact anymore. They've served their purpose. They will just disband and people can go back to their lives and not have this huge conflict going on. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Daggerfall Covenant or the Eldmiri Dominion are much more traditional in the ways that it's like, no, it, it, the Eldmiri Dominion r- would ram it down your throats that it's like, the Dominion rules. Like, oh, yeah. Kiss oh, the yeah. flag. Like, right. type of deal. Right. And, 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 and they would probably set up High Elves as in charge of all the other regions of the continent. Yes. Right. Uh, exa- exactly. The same way that, like, like, for example, the um, Alexander the Great, when he took over mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, that part of the world, basically all the leaders of all the lands that he took over were Greeks. And then when he died, all the land got divided among the Greeks who ruled over these other people. Right. And one of the few exceptions, because people people do like, and what she stands for is good. But like, okay, you've got Queen Irene from another perspective, which we'll do an episode on her later. But just to like touch on the idea of the change, even though she means well, she sees herself as like, okay, I am royalty. Like, so that's... That's where her stance is. Now, I don't I, I don't think she necessarily would be like this maniacal monster or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's definitely that's where her headspace is, is like, no, this is this is what I'm here to do. And same thing with um, the Daggerfall Covenant and King Emmerich. It's like, no, I'm I'm a king. This is what I do. Actually, King Emmerich's probably the most ambitious of them, <laughs> um, whereas Queen Aaron just kind of feels like entitled to her station so it's 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 an interesting mix between the three sides because they all have a very very different look 
motivation and what yeah. their side is yeah with the motivations behind yeah. it exactly so yeah well we'll have to dig into the other two rulers over the next two weeks um absolutely and i would love to hear anybody else's thoughts on this uh do you identify with yorin do you think that he's the right one for the job would you rather mm-hmm. have one of these other rulers oh right do you, you know, think he's not motivated enough <laughs> maybe maybe like um you know, I mean, there's always more to it than just the stuff that we go over in the episode. So um, I'd love to hear that stuff. I also would love to hear about other characters from ESO that you would love to uh, dig a little bit more into. Anybody else that you think is really interesting and that you want to know more about. And we can put those on our list for later. Well, Lotus, what else do you have going on before we head out? Anything else to talk about? You finished Dagger, you finished uh, Arena. Yeah, what else finished Arena. Um, I am loading up uh, so that my next project i mean most of what i stream tends to be elder scrolls online or fallout 76 when i play Mm -hmm. um but i am installing and prepping for my next classic which is kind of just this thing that i started a while back where i'm going to go through all of the elder scrolls games total and complete them um instead of going straight into daggerfall next my goal is to play Battlespire because it will directly relate to uh, most likely the Gates of Oblivion coming mm. here in Elder Scrolls Online. Right. Um, there's a lot of Mayrun's Dagon tie-ins, uh, the clans that we had talked about last time that when we were talking about them, that the, the reference points were actually all from Battlespire. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea what I'm doing in Battlespire. I've barely even seen what that game looks like. And I will not be um, looking up how to play. I, the, the interest is definitely <laughs> partly streaming these and doing them without knowing what I'm going on trying to do. So um, this will be an interesting adventure next. And hopefully a, as much as fun as I had with Arena, hopefully a little less painful than arena because man that was quite a learning curve so Uh that's uh yeah that's that's definitely going to be an interesting one to say the least but uh hopefully i can get some neat little lore tidbits that we can use uh for the show yeah fragile shark says you might want to look up at least the parts that are completely broken (laughs) yeah (laughs) as with any of these old games sure there's a few things that are just like straight up i i mean (laughs) head had i not found out about that uh pass wall spell in arena i actually encountered a game breaking glitch and the only saving grace to it was that spell where i had to delete walls around the map to get to my objective because there was a ghost that has a high potential of spawning in a wall (laughs) where it would block the entryway (laughs) into the room and because he's in the wall you can't fight him and you can't kill him (laughs) so if that happens you have to basically try to reload and hope it fixes itself um or you need pass wall or you have to restart your game that's amazing <laughs> those were my solutions that's yeah amazing. so uh-huh <laughs> uh-huh yep yep classic uh-huh. bethesda yeah it, and, <laughs> classic bethesda. as we were talking before yep. in the pre-show he was you were saying that it, it was a intentional troll from the developers at the time yeah and then yeah exactly then there's other things that are just intentional trolls where it's like this is just a dead end it doesn't go anywhere and it's that there you go feel bad about it it's like mm-hmm. oh that's just mean-spirited <laughs> <laughs> yep yep 
Well, good luck with all of that. Um, yeah. I've been, uh, like I mentioned before, I've been streaming every day during the middle of the day. Uh, if you would like to come hang out with me like a coworker while I work on editing stuff and then play games after that, then please feel free to do that. I hope you guys are enjoying the um, adventures of Sir Robots, um, the naked wizard. So I've, <laughs> I've been doing that in VR. That's been a lot of fun. Um, man, Skyrim VR is so cool. Just seeing everything around you like that. It's just... It's just nuts. I may or may not have ordered a new uh, HP Reverb G2 headset, which has like the highest definition VR screen you could possibly get. And it might be here at the end of the month or not, which would be really cool. So I'm super into that. Um, but yeah, I'd love for you guys to come hang out with me at twitch.tv slash robots radio for either for these shows, these episodes or during the day. While, while hanging out. A number of you guys are in chat right now who ha come hang out with me during the day, and I really do appreciate it, having people talk to you. We jam out to, like, music, work on stuff, I tell you what I'm doing. It's all such a good time. So, um, well, thanks for thanks for coming by, everybody. Lotus, thanks for being here. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Well, should we do, um, which, which should we do? Should we do for next week? Should we do, um, uh, what's his face? Emmerich? Let's save the contentious or... one for the end. We'll, we'll okay. do Emmerich next. <laughs> yeah, we'll do Emmerich next. Okay. Emmerich next, and then the most divisive side, at least in any communities that I'm part of. People either love him or they hate him. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right, we'll do that next time. And until next time, you know, sing some songs, drink some beer, and if you've got to, you know, kick your enemy off into the sea, then do that too. We'll talk to you guys later. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at elderscrollslorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESO Lorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon. You've been listening to a Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are Dragon Breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart and their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? 
This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing. Hello, gentle listener. Every Friday, be sure to tune in. What the hell are you doing, Ampersand? (laughs) Hi, Charlie. I'm sorry I broke in. I thought I was the only one to talk to myself. Well, I'm letting everyone know about the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit. It's a 5e live play podcast. Join us every week. Where do we find it, yo, crusty coot? Uh, anywhere you can get all your podcasts. Woo-hoo! You find it every Friday, you stupid cat! 